Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by InWeGo, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only $39 a month with no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. No additional fees. Literally hundreds of events for $39 a month. For instance, over the next few weeks, you could hit up the big, wonderful beer fest. Jeff Dye at Comedy Works. They've got Taps and Tails. Jay Balvin at the Pepsi Center. Indie Card Haunted House. There's literally something for everyone. We're talking concerts, beer tastings, food fests, comedy shows, 5Ks, anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that InWeGo can get you in. So here's where it gets good. We partnered with InWeGo to give BSN listeners an awesome deal. Go to InWeGo.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe and you're going to get 50% off your first month. That's right. All events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it like we all did at BSN Denver. So again, go to inwego.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumwood. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in L.A. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> a special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by InWeGo, the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver. Hope you guys enjoyed that brand new intro, a couple deep cuts from some of our favorite episodes over the past year or so with Darrell Arthur and Mason Plumley. Of course, it was tough whittling it down uh, to just a couple snippets that could make the intro and not make it quite too long, but I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Harrison Wind, Christian Clark here. This is the Wednesday edition of the show, but we're recording Tuesday night after this latest Nuggets preseason game. 109-103, Denver falls to 3-1 and one in the preseason with this loss on Tuesday night. To the LA Clippers, we're almost there. We're almost to October 17th when Denver will be in LA at Staples Center again facing this same Clippers team. But for real, they've got one more preseason game against the Bulls on Friday first, though. But Christian, first impressions from this latest Nuggets preseason game. Seems like more of the same. Yeah, it did seem like more of the same. Um, we saw Michael Malone go to sort of this almost hockey substitution pattern where the starters all played together for the entire first quarter. And from then on, it was the bench unit. Uh, Boban Marjanovic got the start tonight at center for the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, it was a Serbian versus Serbian center uh, matchup, him and Nikola Jokic. And Harrison, I'm pretty sure that if Boban <laughs> played every game against the Nuggets and he played, you know, 32 minutes per game, he could be the leading scorer in NBA history. Yeah, the secret's out. My dad was even texting me during the game about how Boban always kills the Nuggets. 
And yes, he always kills Denver. Quick stat for you. Boban in three games versus the Nuggets last year. 13.7 points, 65% shooting, 6.3 rebounds in 12.7 minutes per game, including, of course, that memorable 18.6 rebound performance late in the year when he took over in the second half. Tonight, more the same from Boban. 14 points, 12 rebounds, three blocks in 15 minutes. He always has his way against the Nuggets. Montrez Harrell always plays well against this team, too. Something about the Clipper big men and the Nuggets where LA's big men just feast on Denver's front court. More the same I said uh, to you a second ago because the story of this Nuggets preseason continues to be the bench. And I guess that's somewhat surprising to me because coming into this training camp, we felt really confident about this starting unit, and it seemed like that was going to be the group that was going to carry the Nuggets throughout the season. The starters were better tonight, I think, than they've been over the Nuggets' first three preseason games. I felt like they started to discover a little bit of that chemistry and that synergy from last year, and they'll obviously hope to do that again Friday. But again, Tuesday night, the story was this Nuggets bench, and they've been the group that's carried this team throughout four preseason games right now to three wins and one loss. I mean, is this surprising to you that this Nuggets bench has shown this type of consistency, this type of energy, really game in and game out so far over the preseason? Yeah, it is a little bit surprising, but there's a lot of talent there. And at the start of the second quarter, Michael Malone went with Monte Morris, Torrey Craig, Malik Beasley, Trey Lyles, and Mason Plumley. You know, I guess the surprising thing about it is there's there's some talent there on paper, but the surprising thing for me is how well that group plays cohesively. Yeah. Those guys are already all on the same page. They understand each other's games very well. Monte Moore said as much the other night, and that second quarter was a great example of that. The Nuggets went for 38 points in that second quarter. Their reserve guys uh, played all of those minutes. There wasn't a starter on the floor you know, it's it's pretty remarkable that the Nuggets are, are capable of going for 38 points in a quarter, even if it's a preseason, and Nicole Jokic isn't out there at all. Um, Monte Morris just continues to ball out. The Nuggets, you know, they, they got to be telling Isaiah Thomas, like, hey, take your time, man. <laughs> right. Don't, you know, don't rush back or anything like that. Uh, Monte Morris has a firm handle on <laughs> that backup point guard job. He's doing phenomenal. 14 points. Uh, 5 of 11 shooting, 6 assists compared to just 2 turnovers. They're a pretty fun unit to watch. And what was a weakness for Denver last year, maybe it could be a strength for them this year. I love the point you made about Monte Morris because this is setting up so well for Denver now. With how well Monte's playing and how comfortable he looks right in the second unit, they don't need to rush Isaiah Thomas back at all. They can wait till he's 100% and then wait some more. Now, obviously, depending on where the Nuggets are in the standings once Isaiah is ready to come back. But Monte has been the captain of this second unit. He's played unbelievable this preseason. Another really solid game from him tonight. Six assists, just two turnovers. More of the same there. It's no surprise he's been steady with the ball. Trey Lyles has probably emerged as, I don't know, the go-to scorer of this second unit, the focal point if you had to name one offensively. But this unit, kind of like the starters, is 
playing really unselfish. They're looking to get everybody involved. They're passing the ball around to everybody, getting everybody touches. But really, in all four of these preseason games, Trey has scored the ball really well. He did again here Tuesday night. 15 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. The assists is something that is definitely noticeable from Lyles. And look, he's picking up right where he's left off. And we spoke about this during training camp. He really came into the season with a defined role, a a role that said, hey, I need to play more than 20 minutes a night, and that seems like what he's going to do. He's been, I guess in my mind, the leader, if you had to choose one of the second unit just from a scoring standpoint. Is, Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, Lyles looks so confident out there on the floor right now. You know, it, he's taking those threes. You know, if he has a little bit of daylight, he's not hesitating at all. And yeah. that's what you saw for the most part last year. You know, I think there were some stretches where, you know, he thought about it twice, um, which is natural. But he's just playing with such purpose right now. And, you know, if if the three's not there, he's putting the ball on the floor really quickly, um, making a move in one or two dribbles, um, keeping the ball moving. That's what's nice about him as an offensive player. Um, he's a quick decision maker. He's really a straight-line attacker. He's an excellent fit for what the Nuggets are trying to do offensively. So scoring the basketball you know, really efficiently in this preseason, that hasn't been that surprising for me because we, we saw it for really a four-month stretch last year or whatever. The playmaking has been a little bit of a surprise for me. He hasn't done that very much at all in his career so far. Um, five assists to want just one turnover Tuesday against the Los Angeles Clippers. That that is definitely one area of the game where he could show some growth and we, we've seen a little bit of it of it so far in the preseason. Yeah, I like what you said about him playing with confidence. He's got no hesitation on his jumper right now, whether that's from three. He's also got no hesitation when he gets a mismatch. And you can tell the second a defense will switch on the Nuggets if it's a Monte Morris, Trey Lyles pick and roll or a Malik Beasley, Trey Lyles pick and roll. Once the defense switches, the Nuggets are looking to get Lyles the ball in the post on a smaller defender. And we've spoken about this before. Lyles is a lot bigger than you think he is. Kind of think of him as like a 6'8 guy, but he's really 6'10 and he's big. He's listed at 234 pounds. He's usually got a size advantage on whoever he's getting guarded by. And he's not afraid to take guys down to the post. And the confidence he's playing with right now has just really been showing these uh, past few games. Yeah, I, I think if you just are looking at um, you know points per possession on post-ups, he was Denver's most efficient player in, in those situations last year. You know, Obviously, I'm not saying he's Denver's best post-up player. I think that's pretty clearly Nikola Jokic. Sure. But his ability to punish smaller defenders and be physical inside did surprise me last year a little bit. There, were, there was, I guess, a streak of nastiness in his game that he showed at times that I didn't know that he had. I want to touch on Torrey Craig here, who I feel like struggled in those first couple games against the Lakers. Wasn't much of a factor in that opener. If you remember, he had those five fouls and then was 2-9 and nine that second game. But I feel like in these last two games, Friday against Perth and then this game against the Clippers Tuesday night, Torrey Craig got back to what, back to doing what he does well, scrapping, doing the dirty work, crashing the glass really hard. He had five rebounds here Tuesday night against the Clippers, uh, just kind of playing more within himself. And I mean, that's what he needs to do right for this team. I remember uh, when I was playing ball 
toward the end of high school, my last year of high school ball, uh, when we broke out of huddles, we said muck it up, which is not a very cool thing to muck say. We were like okay. this pretty scrappy team of uh, six foot two dudes and under. That's what Tory Craig's job, just to go in there and muck it up. We didn't see him mucking it up a lot those first couple preseason games. We have seen Tory Craig mucking it up there uh, against Perth and against the Clippers. You know, he had that block, which led to Malik Beasley's dunk in transition. Um, he got in the offensive glass a little bit. That's what the Nuggets need from Tory more than anything else. You know, obviously to, to hit those open threes when they're there and just make those those hustle plays that nobody else on this roster can really. The things you yelled out of huddles in high school are severely underrated, I bet, if you looked back at all of them. Yeah, well, muck it up is maybe the lamest thing you can yell. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything lamer. I'm trying to think of all the ones that I've said over the years going back to high school, like together or like, win. Win's a popular one. Win? Yeah. Okay. Like a fourth quarter huddle. Yeah. yeah one, yeah. two, three, win. Sick. <laughs> one, two, three. Muck it up. Yeah, muck it up. That's a new one. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break real quick. On the other side, we got some more to get to from this game. We got a couple questions from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. We'll be right back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Hey, BSN fans. Your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars there are over 20 bars there you're sure to find one close to you it's bsnbars.com find a bar and get a free coors banquet on the house thanks for listening to the bsn denver podcast network welcome back to bsn nuggets podcast presented by in we go the subscription that can get into almost any event in denver harrison wind alongside christian Clark, wednesday edition of the show the last point I want to make about the bench, well, two points. One on Trey Lyles. We've touched on this a few times over the summer and through training camp. He's up for a rookie extension right now. I talked with him at training camp in an article you can find on bsendenver.com right now. Pretty much straight up asked him if he wants to stay in Denver. He said he does and he'd like to get something worked out. Hasn't really thought about it, of course. He's just letting his agent do the work, but... I definitely think it would be wise for the Nuggets, if they can, to lock him up on a team-friendly deal because if they don't agree to an extension with him before the start of the regular season, he'll be a restricted free agent next year. Granted, restricted free agency hasn't really worked out for a ton of guys over the last couple of summers, but a lot of teams are projected to have some big-time money to spend next season, or next offseason, rather, so you never know. The other point I want to make about this Nuggets bench is earlier this summer, before the Nuggets went to Vegas for Summer League, Monte Morris had an interesting quote where he said the Nuggets want him to be their Fred Van Vliet this upcoming season. They want him to be a guy who, whenever he comes into the game, he can change the energy, change the momentum of the game with picking up full court, making a scrappy play here or there, a steal, knocking down a shot, just running his team how Fred Van Vliet did in Toronto last year. 
And it got me thinking tonight when looking back at that quote and how good this Nuggets bench has been, hey, maybe this Nuggets bench can put on a little Toronto Raptors-esque performance from last season and be just a really solid group and really help the Nuggets out. Because one of the reasons why Toronto was so good last year was because they had arguably the best bench in the league. Everything looks a little bit better when Monte Morris is involved. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't want to overstate this, but I couldn't be higher on Monte Morris Harrison. Okay, I just overstated it. But <laughs> I mean, I, He's done everything the Nuggets have asked him to. I think aside from maybe shooting the ball a little better from three, I don't know if there's much out there that he could be doing better right now. Yeah, I mean, it, he just has that understanding of how to run a team um I mean, it's just beautiful to watch him in the pick and roll, the way he manipulates the defense, you know, the kind of slight fakes that he makes to, you know, catch the help defender off guard or, or get to the basket or figure out a way to, to use the ankle to get the ball to his big. I think that him and Mason Plumley are going to hook up a lot in the pick and roll this year on a lot of lob passes. I mean, ah, man, what what are the chances that, Monte Morris ends up being, you know, the guy who gets most of the minutes at backup point guard this year and not Isaiah Thomas. Well, I'd say it's on the table because A, Monte Morris has played really well. B, Isaiah Thomas doesn't appear close to returning from injury. And uh, I mean, hip injuries can be tricky. They're definitely not going to throw him out there if he's not 100%. And yeah, if he is 100%, but. Monte Morris is playing at this level in a 15-minute-per-game role in the regular season. I'm not sure if there's going to be much of a need to throw Isaiah Thomas out there, to be quite honest. I mean, Monte's done everything they've asked of him and more. He's a guy who's been in the Nuggets program for two years. He's a former second-round pick, and right now he looks like he's going to be a 15-year pro. Yeah, I mean, he's just a winning player. Um his mistake-free brand of basketball on the floor contributes to that. His attitude, you know, off the court contributes to that. I love, you know, his quotes about having to go and play down in the G League last year. You know, his hometown paper or, like, the, the papers in Iowa, you know, he went to Iowa State, of course, you know, asked him about having to go back and play most of the season in the G League, and he just says that he views it as a learning learning experience, and he tries to make the most out of it. Monte always just has the right attitude about things, I think, and he's just a winning player. I mean, he's a guy on your team that you're, you can have success with. You you just want him around. Let's move on to the starters. We will touch on Malik Beasley. We got a question about him on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline that I want to save till the end, but let's touch on the starters. I felt like the starters showed me a little something tonight. They're still not playing with that synergy, with that chemistry that they flashed in the much-heralded 65 minutes they played last season together when they just blew their opponent off the floor. They'll get there eventually, but they're not there right now. But I do think this game against the Clippers was a step in the right direction for sure. Will Barton looks solid. Jamal Murray looks solid. Again, these guys just played one quarter, and I thought it was telling that Michael Malone played them an entire quarter. That's just how much of a priority the Nuggets are placing right now on getting those guys on the same page. And I'm sure in Chicago on Friday, you'll see them play you know, 30, 35 minutes well into the fourth quarter. 
Yeah, they were they were better than they were against Perth the other night, definitely. The one thing that stuck out to me a little bit was Nikola Jokic was passing up a lot of shots in this game. Um, he passed up a wide-open 15-footer. You know, Boban was like seven or eight feet off of him. It was kind of weird. There were just a couple Boban's shots. Boban's got really long arms, though, Christian. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he does. He can throw down a dunk and still have his tippy toes on the hardwood. Not a lot of guys can do that. But uh, even Boban couldn't have got to this shot. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much the finger, the jam finger, is affecting Jokic, but... He just needs to take those shots. I mean, and then, you know, you saw him pass up a couple, and then he goes down and, and takes a straightaway three with 20 seconds on the shot clock. It just doesn't look like he's completely comfortable yet, and, you know, that's okay. He might be dealing with the finger thing, and he hasn't played a, a ton of minutes, but we just haven't seen Jokic in rhythm. Yeah. Um, you know, the Jokic that we all know and enjoy watching. Yeah, you're right. We haven't. And... Maybe we'll see that Friday. He told me his finger's still bothering him a little bit. You know, just shooting, passing, dribbling. He's not worried about it. I don't think the Nuggets should be worried about it either. But yeah, we just haven't seen that same flair from Jokic yet this preseason. And uh, we just haven't seen that the same spirit to his game that we saw night in, night out last year. Still waiting to see that. And the starters, you know... Altogether, they look a little clunky right now. Millsap and Jokic and Murray and Barton, Harris, everybody kind of just feeling each other out. Uh, I'm sure they'll get there, though, and I wouldn't be surprised if Friday against the Bulls that they really click for the first time. Millsap's had an interesting preseason because he's kind of struggled to get going on the offensive end. Defensively, he was great against the Clippers. He had those three blocks, a couple big-time defensive plays coming over from the weak side. He's still trying to find himself offensively within this Nuggets offense, I think. But at least from a defensive standpoint, he he looked good, I thought, in chunks tonight. Yeah, he erased a lot of teammates' mistakes there in the first quarter. Um, Three blocks in the first quarter alone, that was really impressive. He pinned one of Boban's layup attempts against the backboard there. Um, He looked like he was moving around really well. And I think Paul Millsap's going to be fine. I mean... probably hasn't it hasn't been the best preseason for him especially offensively and I am curious to to see what he's going to look like when when the regular season gets going but he doesn't seem overly concerned about it he said the other day at practice hey it's a good thing they're not falling the preseason it just means they're going to fall during the regular season so (laughs) he couldn't be you know he's not worried at all so it, it was it was good that he looked awesome on the defensive end just for 12 minutes there how surprised would you have been at training camp before the Nuggets preseason game, if I was going to tell you Nikola Jokic would have four straight games finishing with a negative plus minus, something he only did once last year. I mean, it would shock me if it was a regular season, but the preseason, eh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, limited minutes, obviously, but uh, he's been playing alongside a couple starters. Again, this was the second game this preseason out of four the Nuggets have had their full starting lineup available yeah I think if they're not very impressive against the Bulls on Friday when we know Michael Malone is going to play them you know mid-20s maybe even low 30s minutes you know mimic the minutes they're going to get during a regular season game then you can officially start to worry yeah but not until then (laughs) yeah the Nuggets just they just need to find that pop with their starting five one of the staples of this Nuggets 
half-court offense over the last couple of years, and we talk about the passing, we talk about the DHOs and the cutting and the moving. Uh, another facet of this equal opportunity offense is the Nuggets' pace and the Nuggets' half-court pace particularly. For this Nuggets offense to be aggressive, guys have to be moving quickly, sprinting into their cuts, sprinting into their DHOs, uh, like getting into their offense quickly. And that's also something I don't think we're seeing from that starting unit right now. There's just not a ton of pace in the half court with this Nuggets offense. So, yeah, we'll see what happens Friday against the Bulls. And uh, I'm sure Michael Malone definitely wants to see another encouraging performance from his starters heading into the regular season. On the topic of the starters, on the topic of Paul Millsap, we got a question from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline on the Nuggets starting power forward. So let's go there right now. Hey, guys, this is Lance out in Los Angeles. Uh, this might be a bit of a long shot, but uh, are you? what do you think about the chance of moving on from Millsap before the trade deadline if things still seem a little clunky on the offensive side? I know the metrics tend to say everything looked good, but it still doesn't pass the eye test to me. Uh, maybe, you know, trade him to a team that's looking to get cap space for, you know, next summer. Um, I mean, cap space never really does much for the Nuggets in the offseason since they they still seem to struggle getting marquee free agents. Um, maybe we could get someone back, like a, a rangy, you know, switchy forward, the three or four, or something, you know, the Nuggets definitely need. Um, yeah, and then uh, Harrison, you know, I know you're going to be out here for the uh, Clippers-Nuggets uh, season opener. I'd love to buy you a drink, buddy. Bye. Thank you for the question, Lance. DM me on Twitter. I will take you up on that offer for a drink in LA. Paul Millsap, I would put the possibilities of him getting dealt this season at extremely slim to none. Unless like things go extremely off the rails for Denver. I guess you never know what's possible, but I don't envision a scenario unfolding where the Nuggets deal Paul Millsap. And then you know, next summer, we'll see what happens He's got a team option that I would be surprised if the Nuggets picked up for 30 mil. Maybe they bring him back on a multi-year deal at a lower dollar figure. Maybe uh, something like that happens. But I don't anticipate the Nuggets picking up that team option. And hey, I know you say the Nuggets haven't had much luck with free agents over the recent years. But they just got Paul Millsap, arguably the biggest free agent signing in franchise history. And they also got high hopes for next summer, too. Yeah, you, you talk to you know people in the Nuggets organization, Mike Malone. Um, the Nuggets feel pretty confident that if Paul Millsap had been healthy last year, that they could have ended up with that third seed that the Portland Trailblazers got. There was not a whole lot of separation between you know the, the Portland Trailblazers, 49 wins, and Denver Nuggets, uh, 46 wins. And, you know, one team got home court advantage in the playoffs and one team was sitting on their couch at home. So I, I just don't think you're going to see Paul Millsap get moved this year. I mean, I know the fit looks has looked a little bit clunky offensively at times, but he's that protector on the defensive end that you need to put next to Nikola Jokic. And, I mean, I think if Paul Millsap's healthy, then they're going to be just killer this year. It's looked a little clunky in the preseason. Let's wait until the regular season for jumping to trying to deal a four-time All-Star who Denver just signed to a huge free agent contract last year. Let's slow our roll a little bit on that. Um, I think Paul Millsap will be an extremely valuable player for Denver this season, particularly on the defensive end. And I think you saw it in a couple games down the stretch for Denver, but 
how he kind of morphed into a fourth quarter closer for them at times, how he was able to take over the offense late in games at times. I could see that being really valuable for Denver again this coming season. Before we move on here, and we got another question from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline to get to. Got to tell you guys about our friends over at Total Beverage. I know you hear about them all the time when I mention the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. And again, if you do ever have a question for the show, 1-800-BSN-8394 is the number you need to call. 1-800-BSN-8394. If you never called before, just leave your name and leave where it called from. Leave a message and we will play it on the show. Give you our reaction to it too. But right now at Total Beverage, they have a really awesome deal for BSN listeners. You already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado. But now they're delivering to anywhere in the North metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. If you download the Total Beverage app right now and use promo code BSN10, you're going to get $10 off your order. That's promo code BSN10. Again, make sure it's on the Total Beverage app. You're going to get 10 bucks off your next liquor delivery order today. So make sure to hit them up Total Beverage for all your wine, beer, liquor, spirits needs this week and this coming weekend. The one guy on this bench unit we haven't really hit on, well, two. We'll get to Malik Beasley in a second. But watch your on Gomez, Christian. 22 minutes for him tonight, 11 points, 12 rebounds. He did not play with Denver's quote-unquote bench unit who played the entire second quarter, was the Nuggets' 11th guy off the bench. What would you take away from his game tonight? Yeah, Wancho came in and was just kind of that uh, energy that we've seen from him time and time and time again in a Nuggets uniform. You know, he was so good that first preseason game against the Lakers, I believe he was the Nuggets' leading scorer, and, you know, his playing time has kind of dwindled since then. He did some really good work on the glass tonight. I mean, 12 rebounds in 22 minutes on the floor. Wancho has had some some nice moments during the preseason. Um, he's had some rough moments, and you know he's kind of where we thought he would be going into the preseason. Out of that Malik Beasley, Torrey Craig, Wancho trio, um, he's probably third in the pecking order uh, for playing time. Yeah, nothing's changed there. Michael Mullen did have an interesting quote after the game where he said it's going to be tough to keep Wancho off the floor, and so that makes my next question to you. How deep do you anticipate the Nuggets rotation to be at the start of the season? Michael Mullen has said before he likes to play nine guys. He's been playing pretty much 10 guys, it seems like, is his rough rotation this season with Wancho being out of the mix for consistent minutes, I'd say. Do you think he opens the season with a 10-man rotation? I don't see it. I don't see it. Um you know, at certain points during the year last year, Michael Malone was even relying on an eight-man rotation. True. So, I don't know. I, I have a difficult time seeing how Wancho gets consistent minutes game in and game out. I mean, he could if it's situational or, if you know, if he knocks down his first three-point attempt of the night and it kind of looks like he's got it going. But it, it's just going to be really difficult to find him minutes because, you know, there are so many power forwards on this roster. Paul Millsap and Trey Lyles are going to get those minutes at the four ahead of Wancho, which means he's got to play the three, and it's not his most natural position. Malik Beasley and Torrey Craig, probably a little bit ahead of him. 
So, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be in the rotation consistently. Yeah, well, I guess I should have clarified. A 10-man rotation, meaning Wancho is the 11th man out of the rotation because your 10 would be your five starters, Mason Plumley, Trey Lyles, Torrey Craig, Malik Beasley, and Monte Morris. seems like that's the rotation the Nuggets have been playing when they've been playing what I'll call real minutes so far this preseason. So if it's those 10 guys and then Wancho is the 11th, yeah, he's going to be out of the mix for regular rotation minutes once the season starts. But I could see the Nuggets and Michael Malone going to this type of rotation that they've played here with 10 guys once the season starts with the five starters and then those five guys off the bench. It just seems like Malone has trust in all those guys right now, at least from what I can tell. Yeah, I mean, they hockey sub tonight, so it was kind of a weird game. I mean, he just went all five starters for the first and then five reserves from the second on. Um, so do you do you think he'll slim it down to nine? You think one of those five guys on the bench won't get consistent minutes once the regular season starts? Yeah, I think we'll see nine most nights. Okay. Who do you think the guy's most likely to be out of it? Malik Beasley? Oh, man. I mean, it's so hard to pick between Malik and Torrey. Um I mean, Malik has been more impressive in the preseason, I would say, but Torrey Craig, I mean, I can understand why Michael Malone might might trust him a little bit more, too. I think the Nuggets will start the season with a 10-man rotation. See how it goes. If things are shaky early, maybe that drops down to nine, and suddenly uh, maybe you've got Malik fighting for minutes here and there. or There are probably going to be some games when – Mason Plumley doesn't get into the 20 minute per game range as well. We, we saw that last season, but I think the Nuggets like their top 10 guys with Monte, with Malik, with Torrey, with Trey Lyles, and with Mason on that second unit. And they can really use that to their advantage if, you know, they're trying to get up and down the floor a lot, play with a lot of pace, have a lot of possessions in each game. So it'll be interesting to see. I think Friday will give us a good a good uh, look into how the Nuggets want their regular rotation to be. If they play 10 guys in the first half Friday in Chicago, I think you should expect to see 10 guys in the regular rotation opening night. Let's go to our second question on the total beverage fan hotline. Our buddy Chris in Denver is back. Let's hear what Chris has to say. Hey, it's Chris in Denver. Uh, Looks like you guys are getting a lot of new callers. All the new calls have been great. Uh, show's been good. Uh, my question, my question uh, today is more of a league-wide question. Now, this isn't a criticism of uh, the show, BSN, or anything like that. It's just more of a general statement about team-specific media. Uh, my, my least favorite thing about you know any team media is how they always act like. I mean, not not that they're the only ones, but sometimes it's easy to forget that uh, other teams have young players that are promising too uh over the offseason we've heard a lot of good things about trey lyles mason Plumley, and malik beasley and to be fair uh you know i think we've seen a lot of the development in summer league and and in preseason so far from those three and monte morris my question is who are some of the guys that uh, these other teams are high on i mean we obviously know the big guys like brandon ingram uh Ben Simmons, you know, big names like that. But who are some of the who are some of the guys that, the, that were rotation players last year that uh, the, that their teams are looking for more from? Um, my second question is about uh, the aforementioned Malik Beasley. Um, 
he seems to be getting a lot of good press. Uh, he's playing great. What do you think uh, his? What do you think is a reasonable uh, goal for him to shoot for this season? He wants. He says he wants most improved player. I think that seems to be a, a bit a, a bit out of reach for a guy who's probably going to be coming off the bench. Sixth man of the year, probably a bit out of out of reach too. Um, I would actually uh, say his ceiling is probably that of a nugget last year. I would say like Will Barton, maybe not the positional flexibility, but sort of that offense and spark off the bench might be uh, a reasonable ceiling for him. You know, good goal to shoot for. That's it. Uh, Again, thank you for your time. I love the show. Keep up the great work. Harrison, it was nice meeting you at at the Pepsi Center. I hope to see uh, some of you guys at, at Adam's uh, watch party on Wednesday. Um, I, I know you mentioned that you're going to be covering uh, you're going to be covering the home opener live at Staples, but hope to see some of you guys out there on Wednesday night for the for the big uh, season opener. Uh, keep up the great work. Love the show. Go Nuggets. Thank you, Chris, for the question. As always, and yeah, it was great to meet you at the game the other night. In terms of what would be a good goal for Malik Beasley this season, I don't know if it's so much of a numbers thing for him. I think a great goal for Malik Beasley and what would be a mission accomplished this season for him is, is just if he has a consistent role for the majority of the season and a consistent role being where he's averaging you know 15 to 17 minutes a night from game one through game 82 his playing time was so sporadic last year that he could never really find a role and it was a disappointing season from him uh, just on an individual level if you would ask him but if he can carve out a specific role in the Nuggets rotation if the Nuggets can pencil him in for 15 to 17 minutes on a night-to-night basis and Obviously, he'll need to play good defense. He'll need to shoot a little bit better from three to do that. He'll need to keep playing within himself, which I think for the most part, he's done a good job of this preseason. He could be able to do that. So if I'm Malik Beasley, that's what my goal would be to carve out 15 to 17 minutes for myself on a night-to-night basis and be able to carry that role throughout 82 games. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's... A big reason for Malik Beasley's recent success is because he's been realistic with himself and he's been self-aware enough to say that this team doesn't need me to be a high-usage player. They need me to fill in the gaps elsewhere, and so far he's done that. I think he was really frustrated that he fell out of the rotation toward the end of last year. He got he had racked up uh, 11 DNP coaches' decision in Denver's final 20 games, and I think he really went to work this summer with his trainer. We talked about the tweak he made to his jump shot where he's jumping more straight up and down. And the big thing that Michael Malone has said during this preseason is he's playing within himself. He's not trying to do too much. And I think that's going to be the key for him um, over the course of this season. Just just make the simple play. And, you know, you're, you, he's got great athletic gifts. Use those. You, you, you don't need to do anything spectacular. Just be solid every single possession. He does have great athletic gifts. He's six foot four, six foot five. He's also only 21 years old, and that's what you forget about Malik Beasley. This guy is so young, only spent one year at Florida State. This is only his third year in the league. Hasn't really gotten a chance to shine yet. If you're talking about his long-term potential and 
like what's the ceiling of the type of impact player he could be down the line. I mean, this is a guy who could definitely be a starter at shooting guard down the line for uh, a lot of teams. Maybe not the Nuggets with Gary Harris here, but he, Malik Beasley definitely has starter potential. And I don't know, it's so tough like making a comparison for him long term. But you look at a guy like Eric Gordon in Houston, maybe a guy who's like their fourth or fifth option in their starting five, but is just kind of a microwave scorer when he gets going, starting or off the bench. Maybe that's the type of impact Malik Beasley could have in his prime. Yeah, I mean, I'm hesitant to even talk about it after a couple good preseason games, but I will say uh, play of the night, Torrey Craig's swat, which led to Malik Beasley's jam on the other end of the floor. I think you're right. Malik Beasley is the best dunker on this roster now. I feel pretty good about that, especially with Emmanuel Terry gone. Uh, definitely more of an in-game dunker. I'm not sure what he's got creativity-wise. Maybe I should ask him uh, sometime if he wants to get in the dunk contest and show off a little. I think that's all we got for today's show. Thanks for listening, guys. If you enjoy the show, a great way to help us out, head on over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. It helps us grow the show. And we'd really appreciate the support. Again, if you guys have questions, the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394, 1-800-BSN-8394. We'll be back with another episode on Thursday. Talk to you guys then.